Welcome to a special bonus episode of Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. Yvette investigates. And this month's investigation is all about a creature that is said to make its home in the Scottish Highlands. Let's take a look at the big grey man. Well, joining me now is Andy Roberts, who's an author, a speaker, a historian. He has a huge interest in paranormal phenomena. So I thought, let's invite Andy to come on the show because I wanted to talk to somebody who knows about the planet. You do a lot of walking, don't you? You know this planet. You know this Earth very, very well, Andy. What are your thoughts on uh, the big grey man? You know, what's going on there? Why are so many people seeing this very tall grey man? Well, see, this is the interesting point because people aren't actually seeing it. Out of all the cases that, that I've sort of investigated over the years, there's only maybe one or two where they thought they'd seen a at most a shadowy sort of misty figure but the vast majority of the, of the experiences are all um, feelings of panic feelings of terror uh, hearing weird noises as though someone was following them and this has all become sort of melded into the big grey man myth um, which I could and I think because there's so much interest in Bigfoot and Sasquatch now from America people are trying to sort of make uh, the big grey man the British version of, of Sasquatch or, or, or Yeti, which, you know, it's definitely not. It's something far more uh, more subtle and actually far more important to, to human beings than that. So what is going on then? We know of Brock and Spectre. We, we've spoken about that. Is In your view, is that exactly what is happening? Nope, it's not a Brock and Spectre. Uh, a, a Brock and Spectre is a, Ooh, is, go on then. Is a very, very uh, definite uh, type of phenomena. And basically it's when someone is standing anywhere and they've got the sun behind them and uh, mist in front Front or below them, and it's effectively projecting their image onto the mist and magnifying it and adding colours and all sorts of things. Now, none of the um, the big grey man reports are anything like that whatsoever. So, you know, even though the media often uh, quite sloppily refers to it as being a Brock inspector, it's nothing to do with the Brock inspector. Now, if we go the classic uh, big grey man sighting, the one that made it famous really was in the 1920s when a very famous uh, mountaineer and scientist called uh, Norman Colley uh, came down off the hill and said he'd had a terrifying experience where he'd heard these weird noises. He thought someone was watching him uh, and it made the newspapers. And the big grey man uh, myth was born because there's a, a, a legend in that area of something like a big grey man figure from folklore from hundreds, possibly thousands of years ago, but no evidence for it. So when Collie came down off Ben McDewey and said he'd had these strange experiences, that became sort of pressed into the big grey man legend. And then it took off then because whenever someone had a strange experience on Ben McDewey, whether it was noises, um, seeing shapes in the mist or, or whatever, um, it automatically got nailed on to the big grey man myth because look at it another way if you've had a terrifying experience that you can't explain on a mountain and you run down to the nearest village in panic which is what a lot of people did um and you say oh i've been really scared up there people are just going to laugh but if you say uh i've seen i've been stalked by the big grey man of ben mcdewey suddenly you know you are someone you've had an experience that everyone can relate to so i think what's happened is a series of naturally occurring phenomena has affected different humans at different times in that area and it's all been lumped under the um 
the banner of the big grey man. But what is interesting is, is the effect that the experience has had on people because you've got all these hardened um, mountain climbers, you know, people who've spent years in the Himalaya and places like that. And they've had this experience where they've been completely freaked out by sounds, noises, shapes in the mist. And they've panicked, literally panicked, i.e. the experience of the god Pan. They've dropped everything and they've ran often for miles until they've got away from this sort of panic zone that they found themselves in. That That's the sort of Big Grey Man uh, myth, as it were, in a nutshell. And there are, But there are many sort of interesting variations within that. So, I mean, have you ever had, uh, have you gone there yourself? Have you had a similar I, experience I, 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 yourself? I've been there and I haven't had that experience, but I've had similar types of experience in different places in, in the British mountains, you know, in the Peak District and, and places like that. But I've come to understand what they are. It's just basically the the sheer overwhelming power of nature in the raw sometimes just gets to people. And like when William Wordsworth had his epiphanies up in the Lake District and he was, his mind was blown by the beauty and everything like that, the sort of big grey man stroke mountain panic uh, phenomena is like the opposite of that. Instead of being a really good thing, it's a really bad thing and people flee from it. But in reality, it's just our response to... Um, you know, the overawing uh, amazement of nature, which most people, uh, even hardened climbers, often don't take into account. You know, they just think, oh, the mountains are there, it's all all right, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, the landscape, the environment, um, the psychogeography of a place has an effect on individuals. Now, to sort of push this a little bit further, prior to, to Norman uh, Colley's experience in the 1920s. A few other climbers uh, have reported having strange experiences on or near Ben McDewey. And when I started doing my research <clears throat> into it in the 90s, I probably came across about 50 accounts from all over Britain in mountainous areas where people had had this mountain panic experience where they'd, they'd sort of just been walking up a path, up, up a hill, and suddenly crossed into what appears to be a zone of fear. They're being gripped by absolute terror. Some of them have seen shapes, some of them have heard strange noises, but whatever the case, they've just fled and got out of the um, out of the area as quickly as possible. And a very famous um, author and politician, <clears throat> a guy called uh, John Buchan, who wrote The 39 Steps, him and two companions had a very similar experience to that on a mountain in the northwest of Scotland called Taponith, uh, just outside Aberdeen. And they were on top of the mountain, Beautiful day, everything was going swimmingly, and suddenly all three of them were overcome by this awesome, overwhelming panic, and all three of them ran to the bottom of the mountain before they stopped to sort of say, well, what on earth went on there? So it isn't just the big grey man of them that do it. It isn't just a phenomenon uh, attached to that mountain. It's part of a broader category of paranormal phenomena, which I've called mountain panics, and it can happen anywhere, basically. But why? What's causing the mountain panics? Well, I just think it's it's the human mind's response to the environment. One of the uh, one of the other witnesses to it, a guy called Richard Frere, who was a, a colleague of uh, Gavin Maxwell, who wrote Ring of Bright Water, the famous book about otter. He had a similar experience, uh, and he he said he couldn't explain what it was, but he said, and I quote this: "I know, having looked out upon the wilderness in turmoil, where there could be no help and no witness of our undoing, where the gleams were fleeting as though the daylight." itself were riven and collapsing, that I saw filmy shapes of those things which darken and affright the minds of primitives. So basically what he's saying is that the mountain panic experience is our reptilian parts of our brains going back to when we were very, very, very um, uh, young in terms of human life and responding to nature as though 
it was raw. We didn't understand it from a you know scientific, botanical, um, uh, biological point of view. It's where we get the word awe from. You know, people are in awe of things, and that, that can trigger what can be a religious experience in some places or in the mountains. It's invariably some form of mountain panic, which in some areas then gets given a name, like the big grey man of Ben McDewey. I mean, that, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it, you know, obviously it is because there's so many people like yourself, people like me that, you know, really sort of have a look at the the intricate details of all these stories and think, well, hang on a minute, what's going on here? There's got to be something. And then you, you know, you come up with your theory. But at the end of the day, it's all just theory. It's, you know, you've got a theory, I've got a theory, scientists have a theory. But it's these people that are experiencing these things. Um, I forgot you'll know the name of the the, the climber or the uh, the person that was up uh, in this um, Ben McDewey. And I think he took his pistol out and shot at what he thought was. That, that, yeah, that's right. But, but you see, that that was quite funny because um, the full account of that, I mean, this, this guy was a, an ex-commando, um, I think it was, and he'd uh, you know been through the war and he was completely uh, tough and he went up onto the, uh, uh, the mountains and he had that, that strange experience. And he, he said in his account at the end of it, it was something like the most dangerous wisp of mist that anyone's ever shot. So after the experience, when he'd sort of come down from the panic experience, he, he could rationalise it into the fact that it was just basically uh, nature freaking him out. Um, so it wasn't anything physical, uh, but people want it to be a physical phenomenon because they, they want Britain to have its own uh, Sasquatch, Yeti, Abominable Snowman or whatever. But there's actually not one scrap of evidence to, to support the notion that the big grey man or any of the mountain panics are in any way um, corporeal, you know, physical in any way. Well, the thing is, for me, I, I go off seeing is believing. And I think of all of these, I know what you're saying about the mountain panics, but I have to think, well, they're all seeing something. And th- some of these people, like you say, what, you know, is a, 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 in the army, you know, a hardened, you know, he'd seen battle and so on. You know, these people, you know, hardened climbers, they know the terrain, they know what they're going into. Um, whether something happens with the brain at a certain altitude, you know, I like to think of the logical things first. But it's the amount of people that have seen things um, on top of Ben McDew. And when you said at the beginning, you know, oh, people will rush down into the pub and say, oh, my goodness me, I've just seen, you know, a shadowy figure. And then, oh, no, I've just seen the big grey man. I, I think people, as soon as you say something like that, um, you know, you'll get laughed at no matter what you say you've seen. So a lot of people will keep quiet about it because they're embarrassed. And there's lots of, um, you know, heralded people throughout time and history that have gone stuff this I don't care I know what I flipping well saw and I'm going to I'm going to write it down and I'm going to talk to the newspapers about it because they're absolutely adamant I know what I saw I saw a figure I saw a man I've never been so scared in all my life I heard strange noises I heard a man growl I heard you know something whatever it is is going on there no actual absolute 100% proof that some you know um, evidence like you say but but I think we should be concentrating like I talk about paranormal activity we should be concentrating more on these things and scientists should be taking these things far more seriously than just sort of like batting it away and saying oh well it could be this theory it could be that theory and it takes people like yourself you know to actually really research all this stuff and do talks on it and everything to to prick other people's ears up to go oh hang on a minute this sounds like something's really going on here i mean i'm fascinated by it andy 
<laughs> well, yes, and to, to go back to what I said uh, originally, the amount of people who have actually seen anything figure-like is probably maybe two or three at the absolute most, and at least one of those is quite happy to believe that it was just missed. Um, and also, it isn't something just happening in Ben McDewey. It's a, it's a phenomenon that can happen anywhere in the country. And in fact, I've got reports from several places in the world where people have been in the mountainous areas and they've had a similar mountain panic and, and just dropped everything and, and, and run. But people can't cope with having an experience that doesn't fit into a category you know uh, humans don't like the unexplained so they have to mm. put a brand name on something and in the case of the cairngorms it's the big gray uh, man of ben McDewey, you know and it has other names elsewhere and sometimes people just as you say have the experience and just don't know what to call it and, and sometimes people will keep quiet uh, but i think what concerns me is that when you said you know scientists should be interested the thing is there's no real way of um testing or experimenting or replicating these experiences because they appear to be more or less completely spontaneous. You can't actually go somewhere and have that experience. It's just something that spontaneously happens. Oh, they I mean, can. They can, that... get, they can get some tents up there, Andy. They can get some tents <laughs> Get them up there. Leave them up there for a couple of years. Then come back and tell us what you've experienced. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Um, another case I came across, uh, which is a mountain panic, but set on the Isle of Skye, where there are several such things, was a, um, a water surveyor in the 1950s who spent the vast majority of his time alone in the wilderness, uh, looking for sites where uh, reservoirs might possibly go. And he remembers one day going up into this uh, little coombe on, on a hill uh, and bright sunshine, everything w was fantastic. He jumped over a stream and he said, as he jumped over this stream on, the, on this mountainside, panic just absolutely dripped through him. He, he, he just didn't know what to do. He was gripped by the most primal fear ever. He dropped all his equipment and ran about a mile and a half back down to where his car was. So... That if ha that happened on Ben McDewey, that would be a big grey man experience. But because it happened somewhere in the wilds of Sky, where there is no pre-existing legend of any kind, it's just a mountain panic, which I happened to to find in one of his books. Or it could have been some kind of energy that he couldn't see well, it could that be, was affecting yes. him of a spiritual nature. We don't know, do we? And I, I was going to say, um, can you imagine? It'd be interesting, actually. You know how um, like the SAS and our military, they train, don't they, in the Brecon Beacons? Um, and they say, yeah, they spend a long time there. I mean, my daughter's in the RAF. It wasn't the Brecon Beacons, but they, you know, sleeping outside in the wilderness. I wonder if any of them throughout history have had mountain panic like you talk of. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to find out? It, it would, and I'm, I'm sure they would have done. But, you know, if, if they're sort of in the military, they're all roughy-tufty types who don't want to admit to having been frightened by anything. So it, it's whether how these things can get reported. And when I was doing uh, my research to it, mainly in the, the 90s and, and early 2000s, I sent letters to all the climbing and walking magazines. I sent letters to farmers' magazines and tried to trawl all the areas where people are in the outside a lot. And I got several accounts from, from all the those, the, those areas. So there's definitely something happening. And as you say, whether it's purely in the brain or whether it's some form of um, interaction between mm. the human mind and the environment, yes. in sort of, and I hate to use the word, but like a feng shui way, where maybe, you come yeah. into contact with a, a landscape that may be comprised of a particular type of rock or was laid out in a particular way. And th that effect psych psychologically and physiologically on a human causes panic. That, that could be possible, and I suppose that would be testable. Yeah, I mean, I spoke about this before, and I'm digressing a little bit, but it's kind of on the same thing, Andy, and I wonder what you make of this. So I was just out um, uh, walking down my local high street, and uh, a woman was walking towards me on the same uh, path, and instantly 
all the hairs on the back of my neck went up and I, <laughs> I wanted to flee. I wanted to run. I was so frightened of this woman yeah. and wow. I, I don't know what it was. Anyway, I crossed over and I went into, I think it was WH Smith or something, went into there, had a look at some books. <laughs> I was looking at this book and then she appeared. She appeared. She was looking at another book. I, had, I dropped the book and I went, I could feel this. And I've no idea what it was. It just made me completely panic. Now, whether she was an evil person, she was giving off this evil, but something in the air, the atmosphere or whatever it was, is it, could this be similar to, I don't know, not, obviously the, mountain panic is obviously on a bigger scale but you know when you talk about you walk into a room and you can uh, or somebody walks into the room and you can you you all turn to look at somebody because they've got a great presence about them or something maybe it's something happens with our brain and our body where we're picking up on i don't know maybe there's something going underneath the rock high energy of of some kind magnetic force that's pulsing out that then affects our brains that that makes us <gasps> go into this yes. flight mode you know, same as me with this woman. Maybe she had bad bo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's entirely possible, Yvette. And they're all part of the sort of same spectrum of yeah. uh, of experience. And it's like when people say, you know, they, they were walking somewhere one day and they, they had this really curious sensation of being watched. Well, some of the big grey man experiences start off like that yeah. with people having this sensation of being watched, and then that develops into much more of a full blown panic. Whereas some people just have this mysterious sensation of being watched, and it doesn't go any further. So it's 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 what makes something happen like that and then what makes it go into a full-blown experience or just stay mm. as a, you know, a, a smaller one. And, and they don't always, you know, as you, you had your experience like that, they don't always happen in mountainous areas. I mean, I got a report from a guy who, a farmer, I think it was, who lived near Harrogate, and he was just driving down a familiar road and he just said, as I was driving down around a particularly sharp bend and not too quickly, I suddenly felt seized by panic. I felt I was being dragged off the road but would not negotiate the bend. It took a considerable effort of willpower to keep to the road. In a short while, the panic disappeared in my confidence returned and that was completely spontaneous the guy had never had anything like that before in his life but that you know for that few minutes in that location yeah. something interacted with his brain to cause him to panic how bizarre is that i'm very intrigued with this andy very intrigued and <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, anybody that's listening that is just loving your voice and hearing your enthusiasm talking about <laughs> all of this where can they follow you I'm, I have a very big Facebook presence and I'm fairly easily found on, on Facebook. Uh, and if you type something like Andy Roberts plus UFOs or Andy Roberts plus Big Grey Man into Google, that'll bring you up a load of links possibly to some YouTube talks I've done or things that I've written. So I'm fairly easy to find. Wonderful. And of course, you can find him again because he's going to, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to come back on, on the podcast and talk Absolutely. to us more about UFOs. <laughs> thank you so much, Andy Roberts. Thank you. Seeing is believing, and there's definitely something going on here, isn't there? I mean, I'm not jumping so quickly to the logical explanations, weather and fog. I'm thinking that all these people have experienced something that has surprised and frightened them to the point where someone shot at it. What that is, is the big question. And I think we should all keep an open mind into the possibilities that there could be some kind of strange creature, man, beast, whatever we want to call it. It's out there. I've no doubt. 